0: Season 5, episode 21, I probably, in all the five seasons I've done this podcast, I'm going to say this episode probably is going to be in the top three best episodes. And hopefully you'll like it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's great stuff. Some of the best stupidity, I think, in quite a while. You folks have outdone yourself for being stupid. You really have. You're making my job so easy. So, and then of course, my insane Florida nephew and I certainly enjoy talking about um, the Florida games that's coming to St. Augustine, Florida, which is like 30 to 40 minutes away from where my insane Florida nephew lives. And I'm still trying to convince him to be a life correspondent from there. I'm trying to also convince him to actually, you know, work on a beer belly and do some sumo wrestling but nevertheless between that and um a very expensive body part from Napoleon Bonaparte i'll tell you this uh, it, it was hard for me to actually do the post editing because i'm laughing so hard oh my gosh so yeah so tell me what you think do you think do you think this could possibly be one of the best episodes in my stupid world okay really let me hear from you okay leave a message do something Send me, send me feedback. I, I'd like to really know your opinion, okay? Is it just me, or am I just being stupid? I'm just probably being stupid, because this whole podcast is stupid.
1: He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. A voice of sanity in our insane world or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world here's the host of this stupid world Eric Lane
0: all the stories you're gonna hear in this podcast episode are true and none of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid welcome to my stupid world I'm insane Eric Lane hey if you see something stupid please say something stupid and share, subscribe, and rate, review the podcast, you know? This is five-star stupidity. When you rate and review the podcast, well, it shows up more prominently when people are out there searching for stupidity, okay? And trust me, there's stuff people are searching for that I got for you this week that, well, all I can say is, it's, um, these are some gems. They really are. And, of course, some of the best gems come from either Florida or Pennsylvania, That's why you have me and you got my insane Florida nephew. Because between those two states, I think we're giving you the bulk of the stupidity in the country. Take, for instance, the 28-year-old Florida man who's being charged after housing an alligator in a 35-gallon aquarium in his garage. That's according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. An FWC officer responded to an Orlando home where he questioned one Christopher Aberlard if there was an alligator in or outside the home. Well, the officer said Christopher grinned at the question and opened the garage. There he revealed a a three-and-a-half-foot American alligator in a 35-gallon aquarium tank. Now, the man told the officer that he didn't know anything about the gator, given that it was his dad's 50-year-old Jean Aberlard's house. Christopher then showed uh, the officer five boa constrictors in other aquariums in another part of the garage. Well, According to the FWC, when asked where the gator came from, Christopher told the officer, I don't want to be involved. The officer asked Christopher to have his father call him. So when the officer then spoke with the father, Jean, on the phone, Jean said, Well, he picked up the gator when he saw it crossing the road. He told the officer, quote, He didn't want someone to run it over, pick it up, take it home, and eat it, according to the FWC report. Gene also claimed he was going to take it to Gatorland on the following Saturday. Well, due to the lack of a required Class II permit to possess an alligator and the 35-gallon aqua- uh, aquarium not meeting the caging requirements, the gator was seized from the home. And Jean was charged with first-degree misdemeanor for unlawful sale, possession, and transporting of alligators, and a second-degree misdemeanor for violation of Florida administrative codes pertaining to wildlife as personal pets. <laughs> you just can't keep a dangerous swamp creature in your house. That includes offering a room to your local congressman. <clears throat> this guy said he was worried about somebody eating the gator. That's got to be probably the most Florida concern of all time. Well, there's another Florida man who was taken to jail for reportedly exposing himself to deputies. And it was, of course, all caught on body cam video. Flagler County deputies arrested a 40-year-old Sean Madden on charges of exposure of sexual organs, assault on an officer, disorderly intoxication, and resisting an officer without violence following a rather interesting confrontation in a local neighborhood. You see, the deputies were called out to Wedgwood Lane in Palm Coast. They got a report of a man acting belligerent and arguing with a woman in the roadway. So when they got there... They found a shirtless guy, later identified as Madden, acting in a rather aggressive manner, screaming and threatening to fight the deputies, according to the official said in a news release. How much do you, How much have you had to drink? The deputy could be heard asking the man in the body cam video. Hey, what's going on, bud? Can we talk about it? The deputy is asking. The Madden replies, talk about what? What did I effing do? You know, Madden is screaming at these uh, deputies. I ain't brandishing blank before dropping his pants down for the deputies, according to the video. Where's my weapon, huh? Where's my weapon? Well, actually, here's the audio from the officer's body cam of Madden's uh, interaction with the deputies. What address? Give me the address. Four, four, four. Cop cars. Come on. How much you had to drink?
1: This? Let's because go. go. Let's is... go. Because... I'm swinging right. on
0: everybody. Where's my weapon? Where's my weapon? Where's my weapon? Well, once he pulled his shorts back up, the man got on the ground and surrendered to the deputies uh, shortly after that. Then he was taken to the Flagler County Jail and later released and posted a $2,000 bond. Yeah, well, the guy didn't have a gun, as we could obviously see in the video, but he still got arrested for whipping out that love gun. (laughs) Now, the booze really hit this guy hard. Well, luckily, nothing else was hard. <clears throat> well down uh, to the land down under in a small city in new zealand they have been plagued by siren battles these are cars decked out in loudspeakers, commonly used in emergency warning systems and they're often blaring celine dion hits well now um this small city is begging authorities to step in and end the noise here's an example of a some of these siren battles going on Now the battles are part of the New Zealand subculture where music enthusiasts cover their cars in up to dozens of industrial speakers, loudhailers and sirens. Then they compete to have the loudest and the clearest sounds. <laughs> Now, the mayor of uh, Porirua, Anita Baker, says residents are being kept up at night by these cars that cruise around the streets or even set up in parking lots in speaker competitions. Baker says, we need to find somewhere alternative for these people to go or they just need to stop. Actually, I thought this would be kind of a cool idea to try out on the podcast. So, well, here's My Celine Dion songs on my speakers battling it out. and see how that'll get old really fast. Well, this got old really fast for a guy that got trapped overnight inside a steel-reinforced concrete jewelry vault in a New York City building after he tried to access his safety deposit box. After about 10 hours, the vault was on a timer and opened on its own to release the customer. Here's the assistant fire chief, John Sirocco, talking about how they tried to get him out but during the rescue attempt, realized that it would be a bit too dangerous. Started to breach the wall
1: uh, at the vault, about 30 inches or so of concrete. Uh, We got to the point where we got to the metal plating. The problem with the uh, plating is we'd have to use our torches on there, which would infect the environment of that person inside the vault. Sometime this morning, the vault opened on its own and the customer was released.
0: The man was in this vault in the basement of the World Diamond Tower when employees closed the door. They did not know that somebody was still inside. The vault is owned by DGA Security. It's used by several Diamond District businesses. So, firefighters were called to the scene and were able to communicate with the man via security cameras and a phone system. They determined the vault was on this timer and really could not be opened by the employees. And firefighters attempted to try to cut through a concrete wall to get to the vault, but they stopped when they reached a metal plating because they worried that further efforts would actually put the man at a risk of injury. So they just decided to wait for the timer, as the man was really not in danger of running out of oxygen. The customer was finally freed when the time lock opened at 6:15 the next morning. The man was examined by EMS at the scene before being sent home. I mean, the least they could have done was buy the man breakfast. (laughs) Well, it's been Halloween around here, and I got a spooky real-life story for all you crime nuts here. There's this uh, property in Haddonfield, New Jersey. It was the site of a recent vehicle arson. There was a ring camera that caught a masked man walking up to the car in the driveway, pouring gas on it, lighting it on fire, and then running off. Of course, the car went up in flames, and there was this big explosion. The car was pretty much a melted mess the next day. Fortunately, nobody was hurt, and the fire didn't spread either. But police don't think the homeowners were the target. The house was. That's because this was the third time in six years that a car was set on fire at that property. And each time, there was a different homeowner living there. The people who live there now just moved in last year. Sounds a little like a horror movie, don't you think? There aren't any known suspects, but the local news say that police have some <clears throat> theories about why it's happening, but they won't elaborate because, well, it's an open investigation. Here's uh, Chief Jason Cutler talking about the arsons. Since 2017, uh, we've received or investigated multiple instances of arson at that particular residence. It's not spreading anywhere else. It's just isolated to that one property. So, uh, you know, for the other people in the area, keep keep your eyes open, you know, call us if you see anything. Now, one of the cops uh, said that if you're looking to buy a particular house, you can always go to the local police department and ask if there have been any uh, incidents at the home that you're looking to buy, which to me seems a bit ominous, don't you think? Of course, it's a little unknown still whether these mystery, mysterious arsons had any impact on the previous homeowners leaving. But I don't know. What would you say? Would you stay there or just ramp up your security system or just pack up and get the heck out of there? <laughs> well, I I know uh, in a previous episode, I was complaining to my insane Florida nephew about how we're having packages not delivered to our front door stoop. They're putting them in front of our garage doors so that we can easily not see them and uh, run over them or have them left outside in the elements for who knows how long. Well, fortunately, we haven't had anything quite like this, where an Amazon driver was seen stomping on a package shortly after delivering it to a home in Southern California. A doorbell video showing this driver places this package on the home's front doorstep, and then he takes a picture of the intact box. Then he removes it and jumps up and down on top of it several times. Here's Mandy Martinez talking about what she saw the Amazon driver doing to her package on her security camera. I looked on my Nest camera and I just seen that guy just basically chucking the package to the door and I saw him stomping on the package. I really want to know what he was thinking, like why he decided to do all that. The homeowner was working from her home in Santa Fe Springs when she heard the noise outside. Although the driver um, steps behind this pillar, it's pretty clear that he's uh, stomping on her package. A Wi-Fi routing system is what she had ordered. Well, it was a Wi-Fi routing system. He then threw it hard back onto her porch. The driver was gone by the time the woman stepped outside. She reaches out to Amazon. The company agrees to replace the router at a cost of 350 bucks. No word, though, on what the consequences the driver might be facing. And the motive of his actions is still a mystery as well. Well, it's bad enough when you have people that's responsible for damaging things. But what about Mother Nature? Maybe it's not even Mother Nature. Maybe it's um, elements from beyond Mother Nature. Hmm? Like this family in Arkansas who woke up to a smell of fire. And this is like in the middle of the night. They discovered a smoking hole in their deck. They suspected, well, could have been a meteorite. Yeah, John Devane, he lives in Greenwood and Greenwood, Arkansas, by the way, is not only just 20 miles from my hometown. It was also the town that I got my first job in radio. Well, John says he and his family wake up and they are smelling smoke inside their house about three o'clock in the morning and they're searching around for the source. And they found the smoke was coming from this hole in their back deck, which had apparently caught fire. So Devane says the flames had been actually extinguished when a corner of the family's hot tub actually melted from the heat. And that caused all the water to pour onto the deck and put the fire out. So firefighters investigated the hole in the deck and really could not identify the likely cause other than it looked like it had appeared where the fire had might have started from the ground. So Devane says he and his family are sorting through the debris underneath the deck. They're going through it with a magnet, and they found a small magnetic rock in the hole left by the fire. The family suspects that the rock might have been of the remains of a meteorite, but they've got to confirm their suspicions by having it examined by the U.S. Geological Survey. But because of the backlog, that process might take up to a year or more to complete but um, here's john devane talking about what happened and just showing how magnetic the rock is that hit that deck listen and see if you can't hear it. It was like three in the morning, and the house was full of smoke. And then
1: I have a search in the house. I even got up in the attic, like looking where the where's this smoke all coming from, until we came out here. It wasn't like big, big flames, like you would yeah. think for that much wood being on fire. My friend Paul gives me this to do metal magnet fishing, and I literally went like that, and it clicked, and yeah. like I got a bite, and there it was. You want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> Why would there be this kind of fire?
0: And a metal rock? A family in California had a similar experience when a ball of ice fell out of the sky and crashed through the roof of uh, John LeClaire's house in Big Bear, California. The family said they were unable to get any answers as to whether the bowling ball size of ice uh, that uh, fell through the roof was the remains of a meteorite or if it had actually come out of a passing airplane. Weird things around Halloween, you know? Of course, a lot of folks have their Halloween decorations up, right? And, of course, we've had some stories of some of these Halloween decorations that were more than a little unusual. Well, here's a situation where you've got maybe too many decorations for Halloween in your yard. I mean, if you've got this many Halloween decorations, I'd say you're definitely a Halloween van, like this guy in Raleigh, North Carolina. He said somebody stole $3,000 worth of Halloween stuff from his yard in the middle of the night. Now he goes all out every year. This guy's got so many decorations an average person might not even know his stuff was even missing. Well, here's Jesse Jones talking about that crime. Just a good time to come here. You you can dress up, you can do whatever. Nobody cares. They took crunchy the clown. They took a big a pennywise
1: I had made for me. They took two killer clowns from outer space. They took a Jason. They targeted and took the good stuff. They didn't mess with the stuff that was cheaper. There's not a resale value for these unless you pop them on Facebook market and somebody picks them up. I don't understand what what the purpose is unless they want a big Halloween house themselves.
0: So they stole an animatronic circus clown decoration, a custom-made Pennywise statue, two other killer clowns, and even Jason from Friday the 13th. A few neighbors also had decorations missing from their yards, too. And it's stupid because a lot of it was very unique stuff that you really can't sell online without being caught. Of course, the good news is that there was an update, and all but one of his decorations have actually been returned. He says his neighbors helped locate them. Last I heard, uh, the only one that was still missing was Jason. Ooh, not really clear who took it all or if they'll face charges or if uh, there's been any Jason sightings around. <clears> hmm. <throat> Well, it's time to lock him up and throw away the key. This guy from Los Angeles was denied his request for a scooped gluten-free bagel at a New York City bagel shop. And frankly, New Yorkers are actually praising the bagel shop. Scooping, by the way, in case you don't know, it's a popular maneuver for all of these yuppies that are looking to cut back on their gluten intake or maybe to allow for more filling. It joins the ranks of these uh, gimmicky, often social media-driven special requests that have been driving local restaurateurs berserk. And Here's a uh, Taylor offer. Taylor offer is explaining what happened to him on his uh, TikTok channel. I just went to a bagel shop here. I'm from Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, if you order a bagel, you walk in, and you say, "Hey, can I get a scoop gluten-free bagel?"
1: The person behind the bars is usually like, "Of course, we have these different options today for gluten-free." In New York. I just walked in and asked for a stupid gluten-free bagel. Guy just looks at me and goes, I'm not
0: scooping your bagel, bro. It's like, dude, that's how I want it. I like, get out of here with that <laughs> I was like, all right, on to the next one, I guess. Now, the gluten-hating go-getters grumblings brought out New York's bagel defenders, who quickly tossed uh, over his order. The deli guy was correct, said one person on the comments. Offer apparently then later got a scooped bagel at another unnamed location. New York's classic bagel culture, you know, has taken a bruising of late, aided in part by a 2021 article in the New York Times by a clueless West Coast living reporter proclaiming California the home of the country's best bagels. The Big Apple's bagel lovers have actually shown signs of restlessness with the status quo. One Long Island deli created a stir with their Doritos-flavored bagel. I've never had a scooped bagel before. I'm not sure that would even be worth eating. This might be worth eating, though, just in time for Thanksgiving. You ever found yourself on day five of eating Thanksgiving leftovers thinking to yourself, I wonder if I can put this stuff on pizza? Well, now a pizza company is doing just that. But it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. No, they're selling a Thanksgiving pizza, and it features turkey, gravy sauce, sweet potatoes, green beans, cranberries, mozzarella, cheddar, and uh, some kind of crispy onion topping. All that's uh, piled on top of a very thick Detroit-style crust. That, that's that's really um, that's, that's really something. And judging by the responses online, people are optimistic that it won't taste disgusting. The pizzas are not in stores, by the way. You'll have to actually order them online. DiGiorno is releasing a limited number of these Thanksgiving pizzas every Wednesday through Thanksgiving, and each one will set you back about $11 and change. Kind of seems a bit random, but this year Thanksgiving is on the 23rd or 11.23. Get it? $11.23. Okay, anyway. And I've, I've actually posted this for my own family to consider because we're not gonna really have a big Thanksgiving meal this year. It's the off year for my family reunion, so I won't be going to Arkansas. So my wife suggested just going and getting a turkey breast instead of a full-blown turkey. And I just said, hey, forget the turkey breast. Let's order a couple of DiGiorno's. It was a hard no for my wife. My son, on the other hand, the jury's still out on that. Well, somebody got in trouble for their trucks Halloween costume. Now we've seen people getting in trouble for their own Halloween costume. Remember the um, the 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 ghost boob uh, that was out there? I think it was in the last episode. The the the, the girls, the, the these uh, I guess strippers or whatever, they decided to put on bed sheets with strategically cut holes for their uh, ghosts' eyes. Well, this time it's a truck costume that got a little in trouble. Well, kind of. Police in Florida are warning residents about this Chevy truck with green decals to look like a Border Patrol vehicle, but instead it says Booty Patrol. (laughs) Cops pulled it over recently for illegal red and blue lights and issued a citation. They also posted photos on social media to raise awareness of the truck, telling folks it's been impersonating police and maybe trying to pull people over. I don't know what, maybe for... Booty violations? <laughs> well, the owner of the truck says he's never tried to pull anybody over. He's just been posting photos of the truck on social media for a while now, and it seems like he's just doing it simply for fun, not to actually mess with anybody. It sounds like the cops are okay with the decals, as long as those red and blue lights are removed, and the driver doesn't use the truck to pose as a local authority. I mean, what, miscreants have really no class today. I mean, really, I swear. I mean, everybody knows you just can't go balls deep with red and blue lights like you're a legit LEO. I mean, all while you're a vehicle rabbit says booty patrol. Oh, come on, rookies. I mean, they're just rookies out there. I mean, I'm, a- I'm actually a little surprised that DeSoto County, Florida, doesn't have a booty patrol built into the annual budget. Now, here's a little advice for you kids that you can maybe get on board with, Okay. An actual dentist has come out and said, if you want to protect your teeth from all the Halloween candy, eat it all in one sitting. Her name is Dr. Olivia Mason. She runs a place near Wheeling, West Virginia, called Almost Heaven Family Dentistry. (laughs) She gave this unexpected advice in an interview with her local news. Now, technically speaking, she said eating all your Halloween candy at once is actually better for your teeth than having a few pieces a day over the next several weeks. So if your kids ate the entire haul on Halloween night, they did it right. Actually, here's uh, Dr. Olivia Mason at Almost Heaven Dentistry talking about the strategy. It's much better for your teeth if you sit down and eat your full bag of Halloween candy at one time. I know it's going to upset your belly. Rather than we're going to hang on to this for the next couple months. And every couple hours, we're going to get in there and get some kind of candy out. Now, she conceded that there's a pretty big trade-off, though. I mean, it's really not easy on your stomach. She says the worst candy for your teeth is anything sticky or chewy, you know, like Starbursts or Jolly Ranchers. And the sugar in chocolate isn't that great either. But look, it melts. So it's probably easier to brush away. So go ahead. Dive into that candy. Well, there's a Pennsylvania man who was diving into the life of crime and robbed a bank with his 90-year-old mother in the car, and then fled from the cops. Haverford police initially reported that two suspects were in custody following a robbery at the Santander Bank. Police posted a notice that there were no threats to the public and the two suspects are now in custody, but then it became readily apparent only one of those were actually involved in the holdup. Now, here's the police chief, uh, John Viola, talking about 56-year-old Glenn Allen Mokshevsky being caught and taken into custody along with his mommy. Officers took him under arrest, but he had his 90-year-old
1: mother with him in the car. We brought her in also. She was she was released later that afternoon. We had to send her home by Uber because there was nobody who could pick her up. I have never seen anybody hold up her steal with her 90-year-old mother in a car. So, you know, I wouldn't take my mother on a crime spree, I can tell you that. But
0: later that day, police chief John Viola gave this account. Quote, the Haverford Township Police Department responded to the Santander Bank for a bank robbery in progress. While officers were en route, the bank security advised the responding officers that the bank robber, a white male, 50 to 60 years of age, was observed exiting the bank after being given an undetermined sum of U.S. currency and then entering a gray sedan. Bank security observed the vehicle drive through the parking lot with an elderly white female in the front passenger seat. As police entered the parking lot, the vehicle fled at a high rate of speed southbound on West Township Line Road. The vehicle, like Gray Mitsubishi Mirage, was stopped at West Township Line Road in Bryan Street, and its driver, Glenn Allen Mokshevsky, was positively identified as the bank robber and was taken into custody. The vehicle passenger, who was Mokshevsky's mother, was also taken into custody, but was later released after the investigation revealed that she was not involved in the bank robbery. But maybe she was saying Now, you shouldn't be doing this, Glenn. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to be grounded for the rest of your life, for the rest of my life, whichever comes first. (laughs) Well, more Halloween decoration stupidity where a homeowner's X-rated Halloween display across the street from a Washington State elementary school obviously is cueing the outrage. It's a display in Lakewood, located just outside Tacoma, Washington, and features skeletons in various positions. Sexual positions, that is. And that's led some at Idlewild Elementary School, the parents, to complain that the holiday decorations are inappropriate, according to KIRO-TV. The school says the homeowner has refused its request to take down the display. The owner has now added a sign that reads quote, Dear Karen, challenge accepted. Next year, try polite. Well, the school has now put up privacy fencing around its playground to try to block the view of the home. In a letter to parents, the school said that it had received many complaints about the display and it was working with police to see if anything could be done about this obscene display. Here's some of the people from the neighborhood talking about those uh, <clears throat> Halloween decorations that were not as scary as they were uh, skanky. There's a time and a place for these kind of things and it's that's an adult thing right there.
1: So for children, no, I, I just don't accept that. With what the kids have on their cell phones access to nowadays... That's PG. They get anything and everything, even if they have the parental locks on the phones. It's just they find their ways around everything.
0: So the display joins the list of all these other Halloween setups that had people upset. You remember the Utah City that demanded a resident take down his Halloween display that appeared to show a skeleton with purple hair hanging upside down from a street sign as if it were a stripper pole. Well, that got taken down, but then it got re-erected in the man's yard with lights. Then there was a New Orleans area homeowner that defended his display that featured a beheaded Jesus. Yeah, Vic Mirona says, this is just decorations for fun. It's not a real Jesus. These are foam props that I made. Oh well. Okay, you get the award for the most stupid Halloween decorations. You know, I'm open to talk about anything, but love talking about surviving and the stupidity that's always around us. If you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you, either by leaving a voice message or a written message. You can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast to a question, and I'll be happy to address either one your question or comment just might be played and or talked about in a future episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. If you have the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Just download the app at your favorite app store and add the podcast here to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breakers, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Lane. And there's there's the next contestant yeah. of the Florida Man Games right there. I, well, I was I was
1: just wanting to welcome everyone back. I've got a guest, Eric Lane, on my podcast. <laughs>
0: And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know something, you know, a lot of these uh, these these high paid actors, you know, they they have to go through significant body changes to take on certain roles for movies. <laughs> are, 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 are you willing to put on a beer belly and get involved in the in the Florida man uh, beer belly sumo wrestling? Yeah, that's that's my biggest concern for
1: them. Both that and the mullet, and, uh, <laughs> The mullet. you know, uh, There's other risks and concerns that come with a mullet, but none of them are health related,
0: I Uh, think. Yeah. um, yeah. It's only just going to be for that. It's only going to be just for that one particular season. See, I mean this this would be the the, the pod, <laughs> this would be the podcast cover to beat all podcast covers. It would have you sumo wrestling at the four digs?
1: It would. I, I wish I could <laughs> commit that much, but I, I think that if I were to commit to getting that much of a beer belly, then it would be much more than a season. Uh, you know, for, for losing it afterwards, um, it takes time. You got to maintain; otherwise, you get that happens. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been wrecking and exercising more now that it's cooled down, so I'm, I'm going in the opposite direction.
0: Look, all, all, all it would take would be maybe a good month of nothing but a kale diet with kombucha.
1: Oh, gosh, no. I, well, you know, that is why I'm a little bit late here. I was pouring some kombucha. I've heard about fall cleaning, but maybe this just happens when you got two kids where you just realize there's no time to do anything. That's and, right. Um, and so you know, I finally got my office back in order. It's all organized. It looks and feels good in here while I'm recording and, and vacuumed the whole house, um, you know, organizing things. And and so I, I feel good. I feel productive today. Yeah. I, I mean, don't go back to work for another month. So
0: really? Uh, wow. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. That's that's crazy. That I I didn't even get a one one hundredth of time that you got whenever my, I had my two kids,
1: you know. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I bet. I, I bet one percent of what I'm getting would be. Considered a lot for, for what you probably got.
0: Yeah, you know, of course that was what twenty three years ago for the first time for me anyway. You know, so <laughs> but uh, so, so you feel you've you've gotten some something productive done over this last week so that you still can feel like a man. I would hope.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the productive stuff I've gotten probably happened all from like nine a.m. this morning and on. But um, <laughs> I, I look, we did Halloween and that was fun. Um, I went as an embarrassing dad. Uh-huh. Uh, by that, uh-huh. I mean, I tried to go as uh, as yeah, yeah I hope you're brushed up on your Spongebob episodes. Oh yeah, they, they had the the opposite day episode where yes, Squidward tries to sell his house and yeah. and Spongebob and Patrick figure out that the opposite of them is squidward. so everyone dresses and tries to act like squidward. Uh, and, okay. um, yep. you yep. know and uh, so I I put on a cucumber on my nose. nice. And I walked around. Nice. I'm Squidward. My uh, wife was Squidward. We even named the baby Squidward.
0: Oh my goodness! And, uh, did you
1: put a cucumber? Like,
0: did you put a cucumber put, in your baby's nose, or maybe a pickle?
1: Uh, oh no! I, I right. Uh, I I didn't do any of that. And In fact, Mrs. Poncho wore very normal clothes, and I just slapped on a, a sticker on her that uh, said, "Hello, my name is Squidward." And, oh my god! Uh, while she proceeded to feel super embarrassed. The whole time was just <laughs> fun, and, and I, I mean it was worth it for that alone. And um, and, and then one person got my costume and said it was brilliant so uh, it, was, it was all worth it for
0: that one yeah well you know since we don't uh, we're more or less uh empty nesters in a matter of speaking since we got one kid married and the other kid in college so we just not we, we just turned the light off and we decided to go out for like a coffee date on halloween night that's what we did
1: you see that looks fun except for not because it's halloween you gotta have fun you gotta do something spooky something i don't know
0: just a coffee date on Halloween night, and um, uh, I, I know that that's yeah. my life. That, that's my life, uh, you know. It just you know, so yeah, we we went to the local sheets, and I had my coffee, and we just kind of, <laughs> yeah, queen oh, at sheets. There you have it. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, that's.
0: Um, I mean, I'm so sorry for you, Eric.
1: Um, <laughs> my, my son went as Bluey naturally because he, uh, you know, he, he, that's his favorite show right now. Like every kid, yeah. Paw Patrol.
0: Um, Patrol. Yeah.
1: That's uh, yeah. Number two would be Paw patrol. Um, thankfully. Well, I I found this out earlier today. Apparently they're, they're putting what, like 10 new Bluey episodes out coming out next week. Oh, wow. Um, I, I didn't know. I found this out from a friend of mine who has no kids, uh, which is impressive to me. I was impressed. Um, and you know, he responded back that there was no problems that uh, there's nothing going on here. Uh, you know, all, everything's all normal.
0: Um, it's kind of That's weird impressive. for us. Yeah. Yeah, but we we actually were noticing there wasn't that many kids doing the trick or treating this this year or at least in our areas, you know. It
1: it seemed like the same down here. I felt like there was half as many kids as what there normally
0: is. Yeah, uh, when, where we went. Yeah, so, but uh, but we did have you know our youth group had a little Halloween party kind of thing where we, all, there were everyone dressed up, the youth director dressed up as a hot dog, the uh, middle school youth director dressed up as Gumby. I don't think any kid recognized who Gumby was. You know? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, yeah. What did you dress up as? That's what I, I want to know. I, I basically put on my Scottish hat and I was a Scotsman. I could have put on a pair of headphones and went as a disc jockey, but I, you know. But oh my gosh! Uh, what I would, have, what I would have loved yeah. to, have found, I would have loved to have found at least a a quilt, a blanket, or something that was plaid that I could just have tied around my waist and got walked in it uh, wearing a kilt of some kind, you know. But I. Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, you do own like a very, 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 very small plot of land over there. So. Well,
0: that's true. I know. You
1: and, know, if this it isn't small.
0: Well, I, frankly, if I had found something that could resemble a kilt, I would have worn it in the traditional Scottish fashion. Uh,
1: free balling, commando. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, you know, the only way to do it. You know, I um I, I will say one one exciting thing we did was we carved pumpkins. I sent you a picture of, of my favorite yeah. one. I, yeah. I had to do a bluey carved pumpkin. You know, um, right. I I made a very uh, I don't know how intricate, but like it was pretty intricate alien head. It looks yeah. good. It was I'm a, thinking. it was a, a cool looking pumpkin. Um, that was it was pretty the, cool. the best I've ever carved. And then we, um, well, I, I thought the weather was going to cool down a little bit sooner than it did. And it waited till the day after Halloween to do it. So oh, yeah. uh, by the time Halloween got around the bluey and alien pumpkins were just about shriveled up and toast. <laughs> you could, you could barely tell what they were, but if anyone saw them there, they'd think, Oh man, this guy was not that good at pumpkin carving. Probably. Ugh. Um, yeah, you know, but then, but but we did make a couple newer pumpkins, uh, you know, just like the day prior, so that way they lasted, and um, and we we roasted up all kinds. Of, I mean, pounds and pounds of pumpkin seeds, uh, yeah. which was nice. So we've been snacking on those. Oh
0: wow, oh that's good. Well, it, it sounds like, I, and I would expect, you know, uh, the the poncho number one uh, probably got more out of this year than previous Halloween, since they kind of he kind of knows how it works now, doesn't he?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. So now let me ask you, do you gauge how much uh, candy that they got to eat? Because I did talk about this in a previous episode that a dentist in West Virginia recommends if you want to be treat your teeth the best way uh, for Halloween candy, she recommends eating all of your candy in one sitting rather than stretching <laughs> it out or stretching it out over the, you know, several days.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I like it actually does. Um, but I mean, like our kid is only like thirty three pounds. So um, <laughs> I mean he got about thirty three pounds of candy. I don't know how that, the math works for that. Um, <laughs> and it's it's it is funny like a big difference last year mom and dad got a big hefty candy tax and this year this guy's like starting to take inventory and Uh you know uh like right off the bat i will say he was nice like we've asked you know like oh is it okay if you share some here and and, um you know he's been really nice with that too but like also he's like hey that you can't have you know i'm like this guy like so uh, from going forward, I mean, he's going to be very possessive this time of the year, which I get. It. Yeah. I, I took inventory as a kid, so. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we we let him have more than usual, I think, for sure. And then yeah. you know, he's we've been slowly parsing it out. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: Trying to wean him
1: off. Well, I mean, not even that. Like, more interested in him, you know, seeing what his reaction is to trying the different pieces of candy for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then like keeping it as like a treat for like, you know, a couple pieces after lunch or after dinner if he does well, you know, eating and, and, and stuff. And then, um, you know, he get, kind of enjoys it that way. And he's, and I mean, honestly, because some of them are like these little small, like fun sized yep. things, you yep. kind of let yep. him have more. And in, in his mind, he feels like he's having. More like I'm not yeah. getting just one piece. I'm getting three or four pieces, yeah. and, and like it, it seems like it's more. And he's has been in a good mood with it all. Uh, hot, right?
0: So have you determined what he thinks is his favorite Halloween candy? Has he got a favorite yet?
1: Oh gosh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure yet. He he has liked everything that he's tried. <laughs> he he does have a new favorite fish. Uh-oh. We uh, we fried up and breaded. I, I breaded and fried up catfish uh, a couple Uh-oh. weeks ago go, oh, yeah. uh, there's little catfish nuggets. And, and he's like, this is now my favorite fish to eat. Yeah, well, so,
0: see there and so. see that. That tells me he's going to grow up to be a very fine young man. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah well,
1: um, That's I mean, maybe, he. Uh, hopefully a fine young man. I'd rather him grow up to be that than to grow up to be a Florida man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: There <laughs> mm. so yeah. we go. Um, if you listen last week we teased this this story and um I, I love it um the uh you know so if, you, if it's the first time listening Eric and I uh we kind of spitball stupid headlines that we find back and forth and um and just kind of like laugh at them and, and try to outdo one another on our I guess what our weird um I don't know observations commentary I guess right. um and um, yeah, that's kind of it. So, um, like the first one on our, our uh, headline for the the week is the Florida Man Games, that we talked about last week, and and uh, and this is great because it's happening maybe like forty five minutes away from where I live, maybe maybe even right. closer depending. Um, and so, like this is something I could probably sign up for if I qualify. And, well, and so
0: that's what we'll see If anything else, I think you should be An on-the-scene correspondent You know, you can You yeah, can phone it in You know, it, it's, it's uh, in, you, My insane Florida nephew Pancho Guero Coming to you live from St. Augustine At the Florida Man Games oh, man. Just, It'd be great to interview some Florida men Down there, you know It would be pretty funny I, I, I'm not going to lie about that uh,
1: So there's a group of Floridians uh, they, they are planning to host the first ever Florida man games. Yeah, you can think of it like, like the Olympics of Florida men. It's a, it's a competition described as the most insane athletic showdown on earth. <laughs> the games will poke fun at Florida's reputation for producing strange news stories involving guns, drugs, booze, and reptiles. And I'm going to throw this in also assault with food. That seems yes. to be a big Florida thing. Um, yes you know, or, or even maybe like a combination of the four there uh, among yeah. the con, um, contests planned in St. Augustine, Florida are the evading arrest obstacle course, which is my favorite, you know, <laughs> because you're going to have real police officers actually there. Um, yeah. And so you get to actually try to evade arrest and that, because I think that you're, you're not going to be a real Florida man. If you aren't able to evade at least a little bit yeah. of these things, yeah. um, And then uh, this is where contestants jump over fences and through yards while being chased by real police officers. (laughs) Um, I think that's the best one. That's my favorite of the bunch. Um, Then there's the Category 5 cash grab, in which participants try to grab as much money in a wind-blowing booth. And the self-explanatory beer-belly
0: sumo wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be my favorite. That would be my favorite is just seeing a bunch of, you know, guys that are, you know, sporting the dad bods out there, <laughs> just really seeing that they can't, you know, pile pil- drive somebody down onto the ground or something. That that would, to me, would be the ultimate right there. Okay. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah. I, you know, and, and to me, it almost sounds like kind of Howard Stern, like if you go oh, way yeah. back in the day, like, yeah, yeah. Except for, I guess, not nearly as bad as like, This would be like, uh, I guess, on the on the um, like the bring your daughter to work family uh, Howard Stern kind of days Because I don't know if that ever happened. Um, But uh, so the the Florida man concept crept into the nation's consciousness a decade ago with the at underscore Florida man Twitter account. And uh, the the account, it's got the tagline real life home uh, to headlines such as I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Real life stories of the world's worst superhero. Um, has been home to headlines such as uh, Florida Man Firebombs Garage that impounded his car, hits his own vehicle, <laughs> and Florida Man tried to pay for McDonald's with weed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> General admission tickets to the event are going for $45, and they enlisted two former American gladiators to be the judges, Nitro oh. and Ice, wow. uh, who have agreed to serve as referees. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not sure he'll be crowned the Florida Man champion, but I'm pretty sure the post-game interview will sound something like this
0: i'm here with florida man champion earl davis earl you earned the title by winning the evading arrest obstacle course your thoughts well first and foremost i want to thank the man upstairs ron desantis and also my sponsors dollar store bath salts and natty light couldn't have done it without them you know I trained hard for this competition. I ran naked through a lot of Winn-Dixie parking lots and wrestled a lot of boa constrictors to get here. If I were ever to put a shirt on, I'd play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. But yeah, after I stole that moped and crashed it into the side of the Bass Pro Shop, I thought it was game over. But then when I hid inside the grease stumps or out back of the Popeyes, I knew the police would never think to look there.
1: Well, congrats again, Earl, on winning the title of Florida Man. What are you going to do now? I'm going to put a baby
0: alligator in my undies and sneak it into Disney World.
1: So here are the five events that they've got planned. Beer Belly Florida Sumo Wrestling, which is basically just like sumo wrestling, but without the training or prestige. (laughs) There's a Evading Arrest Obstacle Course, where you'll right. jump over fences and run through yards while being chased by the, the cops. Right. but By the fuzz. Um, there's a catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes. Huh. Uh, it's described as a head-to-head race that lets you live a day in the life of a Florida man headline. Huh. We're guessing you have to steal all the stuff as fast as possible. Oh, wow. Yeah, Um, you got weaponized pool noodle mud duel. (laughs) Uh, It's jousting with pool noodles while standing on a platform in an above ground pool. And then category five cash grab. It sounds like one of those boxes you stand in and try to grab dollar bills. They say you'll be subjected to hurricane force winds. Wow. Now, of course, all of this is probably assuming that you've already had like a whole six-pack uh, you know, <laughs> before the games start as well, I'm, I'm assuming.
0: <laughs> that would make it even better. We should get, you know, some some uh, beer stands out there to be selling plenty of beer at cheap prices to get everybody lubricated for the event.
1: Oh, no, yeah. I mean, that's how you get free advertising, right? Uh, how many Florida yeah. men's come from the Florida Man games? You um, know, you hear they also have some other little competitions like a mullet contest. Yeah. Uh, Florida MAM beauty pageant, you know. <laughs> It's Florida, ma'am. Um, <laughs> and uh, chicken coop bingo, where two chickens pick the numbers. Uh, the festivities <laughs> end with something called 911 Fight Night Brawl of the Badges. Um, uh-huh. it, it's like uh, that one appears to be like a series of boxing matches between firefighters and cops.
0: Oh, gosh. It,
1: Tickets are forty five dollars or a hundred and forty five dollars for VIP tickets. Wow. You can get them through their website. Uh, it's the You can also get a photo with them for an extra fifty bucks. Wow if you want to compete, you have until November fifteenth to register. Their website <laughs> says being athletic is not all caps required.
0: Of course. Of course. You know, and, and I, I really think we can get you a press pass. I really do. I think we could probably work it out to get you a press pass to cover this, you know?
1: No, <laughs> oh, man. I I it would be funny. I would like that.
0: I, I just like that. I like the whole concept of the chicken coop bingo where chickens pick the, the bingo numbers. That's beautiful. I just, I laughed. I saw that. I thought that's perfect.
1: I, I'm much more interested in what it takes to be a Florida ma'am
0: pageant winner. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe like, maybe can, you got to
1: expect it to be non-traditional, like like regular beauty pageants. I expect some very interesting and different
0: sounding things. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd see like you know, maybe a woman with a beer belly and a mullet.
1: <laughs> see? Yeah. Uh, you know who's got like meth shoved up in I don't know in, in any of the various crevices that you can uh, or folds I guess of, uh
0: Oh, that's great. That's true. That's right. I did not even thought about that. <laughs> Let's see. That, that may be a new, a new a competition is to, is to challenge the cops to see if they can find where you've hidden contraband. I uh, know. That's right. You know, there's so many things. There are so many directions that these Florida Man games can go in. You know, I mean, this is I think we're just scratching the surface here. By the time we get to the 10th annual Florida Games, Florida Man games, this could be just we could we could, it, it can literally land the spot on. ESPN for a weekend, you know? Yeah, I I think the the main Florida Man
1: game that I see that's missing is who could drive around in their pickup and trailer and collect the most um, objects that they find at the front of people's yards on trash night. Or the night before trash day, you know? Um,
0: Well, no, it would be like a Florida Man scavenger hunt. That
1: that, that is right, yeah. That is right.
0: (laughs) Well, that's Definitely. I think this has the potential to be a possible Olympic sport that, that could eventually. This, this could be something that we could get some serious sponsorship on. And and literally have something that would it would it probably would do something to improve ESPN's ratings. You know, I mean, really, this is just fantastic. Well, look, th- this guy definitely would qualify for po- the Florida Man Games for sure. Okay, except this guy lives in Connecticut, so maybe he could just pretend to be a Florida Man. But uh, and his chances at being Father of the Year probably won't be as uh, successful as him maybe winning the Florida Man competition. But this guy, he's a 30-year-old guy from Connecticut. His name is Colby Parker. He calls the cops because he says his child has been kidnapped. Okay. Pretty, pretty intense thing here. He said that he left him in his car while he ran into the grocery store. When he got back, they were gone. Well, the cops immediately started searching. They bring in the canine teams. They coordinate with other police departments in the area. They're looking through the store security footage, but that's when they realize the reason that, old Colby couldn't find his kids in the car was because he'd forgot the kid at home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the cops go to his house an hour after he reports the kid's missing, found the kid there all by himself at the house. Although Colby isn't very fine though. Yeah. They breathalyzed it and found out he'd been drinking. So yeah, he'd actually driven to the same grocery <clears throat> store twice the same day. His kid was with him the first time, but not the second time. And I think that's probably what tripped him up, see? And so they called a family member to pick up the kid. And, well, Kobe, well, he got arrested for drunk driving, child endangerment, breach of peace. Of course, he if you saw, if you saw his mugshot, I think the, the guy still looked slightly confused about the whole thing.
1: <laughs> so, I, I, I was just going to point that out about how, like, that he's got this vacant stare of just like... <laughs> You know, like, like like he realizes like how dumb he was, but you it's kind like oh also, uh, he, he doesn't really like
0: matter anything. He's just like No. He's like he's got kind of like, Oh, what yeah. just happened? Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely the, the mugshot pretty much goes well with the story, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um yeah, you know,
1: look I I don't I don't expect to ever hit a point like that where I where I, I forget that my kids you know, I leave my home while I go out
0: and call around. But, Actually, um, this is a true story. This is okay. back right, right about the time that my dad was starting to really start to see some visible signs of like dementia and Alzheimer's. Okay, um, but th- and this is so true because I would I would go home to, to visit over Thanksgiving, and they would usually pay for my plane trip to fly back to Arkansas. So I'm in I'm I'm back in my hometown, and um, my my dad. Um, was still working at the time at his accounting office, so you know, and there's some other people that's in the complex that I knew growing up that were still there at some of the other offices. But I was visiting around some of the folks, and he, my dad, uh, was had had to leave or do something. I don't know what it was, but he he left the office, and um, I was talking to his uh, secretaries and kind of catching up on what I've been doing. And it was, you know, I don't know, maybe an hour or so. I didn't really lose track of time. My dad came back in. He says, Are you ready? And I said, Yeah, I'm ready. So we got in the car and drove the mile and a half from his office down to my, my house. And when we got there, my mom was there, and and she was just like, She's like, Did you did you miss your father? And I'm like, No, I didn't miss him. Well, apparently my dad had gotten in the car and drove home. And when he got there, my mom says, Well, know where I was. And He looked at her and he goes, I don't know. (laughs) She's like, but he was with you a few minutes ago. Where did he, where did, and he had forgotten that I was even in the office and drove back home and forgot all about me. So she made him get in the car and drive back to the office to come pick me up.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Um, Oh
0: yeah. Well, uh, at
1: least it's the only time that that hopefully you've been forgotten. It was was a good excuse.
0: Yeah, yeah, but still, uh, I didn't even realize it. But apparently, there was a minor crisis going on while I was still at the office talking to his secretaries. About the only
1: experience that I kind of remember,
0: um,
1: you know, I I don't really have many memories of my dad forgetting me places. Memories I have were growing up were, were, uh, I guess, I think this is what dads do—they complain about gas prices. Yes, Uh, I I hear that a lot. uh, At least growing up. And um, and so you can only imagine, you know, the things that that are happening that I'm hearing now um, with this. But, like, get this. So uh, I saw this earlier, and I passed it along to you. I just found it interesting, a little ironic, I guess. I don't know. Um, So there's a new study about these electric vehicles. um, Oh, yeah. Because I've always wondered this. Like, how much does it actually cost to fill up? Um, You might say, oh, it doesn't cost you anything because – uh, you're not filling it with gas in the gas station, but I mean, I've been looking at my energy bill in the house, and it's gone up way more than whatever the you know they, they say whatever the inflation has been going. It's right. way above that. I mean, it, it is up like like forty percent or more. It seems right. like some uh, some months, and uh, mm-hmm. and and so I think like that that can't be like. Yeah, you're powering your car with this stuff, right? Like, and that's probably a big battery with a lot of energy. Like, how much does that actually account for uh, per month, or, or you know, or whatnot? Um, and, and if you don't have a nuclear power plant near you, are you powering it with coal effectively? Yeah, that's All right. right. Yeah. You know, so there, these are the questions I had. Like, because, because I think that a lot of times people like to think that they're doing something good, and then they do something, uh, they pat themselves on the back, and then they just don't look back. You know, yeah. they don't look back to see, did it actually work? Is it actually doing what we intend? Um, and uh, well, this, this analysis here, it's a new analysis found that the true cost of fueling an electric vehicle, including excess charging costs and subsidies is equal to about $17 and 33 cents per gallon of gasoline. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at early, so, I mean, if you think gas is expensive now, I guess just get an EV, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, what is it that they say like if you think um uh, if you think like was it like healthcare is expensive now just wait till it's free yeah they, they probably say that about college or other things like i've heard this about other things too but like it's real though i mean you you know when all of a sudden things like nothing's free there's nothing is free you're gonna pay no. for it in one way or the other that's um, right you know what, whether the government says your health care costs will go down but your taxes will go up by, by the same amount as what your health care went down by. Yeah. Like it, but it's not health care expenses. There's this game that you play with it, right?
0: That's right. You know, where That's you're right.
1: technically not lying, but it's it's definitely My um,
0: my wife well, my wife has a way of putting it. It's just like you tie you cut the rope off or cut the rope off on one end and tie it onto the other. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's disingenuous,
1: it's intellectually dishonest. Um, but like, you know, people get away with these things, uh, because it you know, serves like I guess whatever their purpose is there, and I I don't care about these. I just want like what's what's real. Like just give me the truth on things, and and then mm-hmm. I can make a decision. You know, that it's good if it's if it's as good as it's, as you say it is, then, you know you shouldn't have to hide anything about it. Sure. Um, well, so at, at earnings, uh, several auto execs pulled back on EV targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealers they they've been warning of slowing EV demand for months. Mercedes-Benz's CFO said, this is a pretty brutal space. Mm. Several suit leaders at at some of the biggest car makers voiced fresh unease about the electric car makers' growth as concerns over the viability of these vehicles put their multi-billion dollar electrification strategies at risk. Mm. GM announced with its quarterly results that it's abandoning its targets to build 100,000 EVs in the second half of the year and another 400,000 by the first six months of 2024, hmm. GM doesn't know when it will hit those targets. Uh, GM's Mary Barra, uh, historically one of the automotive industry's most bullish CEOs of the future of electric vehicles, and uh, you know, GM is, has an as an early they've been an early mover in the electric car market, selling the Chevrolet Bolt for about seven years and making bold claims about a fully electric future the company long before its competitors got on board. Right. While GM's about-face was somewhat of a surprise to investors, the Detroit car company is not alone in this new view of the EV future. Even Tesla's Elon Musk warned on a recent earnings call that economic concerns would lead to waning vehicle demand even for the long-time EV market leader. Ford was the first to fold, uh, which I don't think would surprise anybody. They're the first to fold just on the highway as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) After after dealers started uh, turning away uh, Mach-E allocations, and the company extended its self-imposed deadline to hit annual electric vehicle production of 600000 by a year and abandoned a 2026 target to build 2 million EVs. For some, this pullback is no surprise uh like me i'm not surprised by this i you know when they when i saw in california that they had rolling blackouts because people yeah. were buying electric cars right that's california you know and that's what yeah. everybody having when i was like hey, there's no way that the infrastructure you're basically saying great we're going to make everything run off of the same amount of power plant that you have or energy but then no one wants to go nuclear for these things either right um and then, you know, you, they say it's, you know, gas is bad for the environment. But then the, you got to mine this, like, lithium ion stuff, probably by underage kids in other countries. Um, and so, like, what's like, it's not good for the environment either. So what's actually worse? Or is there any way to, to do things without some kind of a toll that it takes? Um, yeah. Well, um, Toyota Motor Chairman um, Akio Toyota said at the Japan Mobility Show that people are finally seeing reality. And so I guess ah. maybe Tokyo and Japan's had it right all along, and that, that doesn't really surprise me. They do make the best cars over there. Yeah, gas-powered yeah. cars, I'll say.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I, and the I'm funny a, thing I'm is, I'm a sucker for a gas car. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, what kills me is when they were making these electronic, uh, these electric vehicles. Uh, they also people were missing. Things like the sound of a motor running and they were missing the smell of gasoline. So they were actually making some of these cars that would sound like you had the motor and it even had ar- aromatic uh, gizmos that would make it smell like a faint of, uh, smell of gasoline or exhaust, so you still would have the virtual <laughs> feeling you're driving a gas-powered <laughs> car, but driving an electric car, paying seventeen dollars and thirty-three cents a gallon, basically oh, for those. Oh
1: that's 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 just right? I'd love to get like an engine code go off on my car while driving it. That you read the engine code, you type in what it means, and and it says like you know the uh motor sounding you know board uh you know sensor error, and you're like. You know, and all of a sudden your, your car isn't sounding like it it's, you know, I don't know, these <laughs> s- silly things, I guess. But, like, who, who's got time to go on a road trip to go see your family 20 hours away and then stop for an hour to fill yeah. up on gas? <laughs> yep, yeah. so that's probably apparently going to cost you way more uh, time and way more money. Based yeah. on the, uh, whatever the um, infrastructure that they have there.
0: The thing about yeah. it is, I, th- I think that, you know, over time, we may eventually go to the EVs, but I think. They're just rushing it uh, just a little bit. I, I personally think that they can probably do a little more research on hydrogen power fuels, so that you don't turn your car into a bitty bomb, you know, or something. But they can probably right. find a way to contain that. That would be my – give it some time to do the research, you know? I mean uh-
1: – if you could do it just as good, if not better, than gasoline cars, absolutely. There's there's no reason why I would ever go back on that. Then, but I, I don't I don't see it uh, being the forever thing yeah. at the moment.
0: Right, uh, right. I
1: don't think so. Yeah, especially no, exactly. not when you've got got the kind of inflation we've got, where oh. um, again, I, I, if anyone else has paid attention to their electric bill and yep. then, uh you know I would hate to be adding even more on top of that uh, charging yep. my car
0: yep yep that's right exactly I mean they <clears throat> don't they just need to kind of give it some time to see a little for have a little foresight you know and this kind of thing uh, but unfortunately a foresight is not something that is um, I guess readily available for everybody uh, most people you know if you uh, need something you kind of want to plan ahead to, to, to get something you know right so maybe we, we do want to have an electric car you know and, and, and cut back on fossil fuels. so let's plan ahead and do it in a way that we, it's not going to derail the economy. But here's a situation where this person probably could have planned ahead for something as simple as a haircut. <laughs> There's a, a photo that's uh, circulating on social media that appears to show an employee at a taco bell in Indiana cutting their coworkers' hair, in the restaurant's kitchen. I mean, I'm thinking you don't have the time to just, you know, take half an hour to go out and get your hair cut. It's a former employee, Jennifer Lager, I guess. She said she took the photo at a Taco Bell location in Kokomo, Indiana. Now, Lager said that she was actually fired after photographing this incident and sharing it. She said, I definitely know what kind of things you're not supposed to be doing inside of kitchens and cutting hair is one of them. Lager said that the haircut happened as the crew was getting ready for the lunch rush. So the employee getting the haircut had a trash bag draped draped over, you know, her to to keep the hair off of her clothing. And Liger remarked "Now it was only about three feet away from where you make the food. Liger said that she sent the photo to a few friends, not intending it for it to be seen by anybody else. But of course, as you would expect the photo eventually made it on social media. So (laughs) duh. So here's Jennifer Uh, the former employee at Taco Bell that took the picture talking about what she saw. I was just really shocked to look back
1: and see someone cutting hair in a kitchen. I've never never experienced anything like that. I also feel like I did the right thing. So if this is what it takes to do the right thing, then
0: so be it. I'll find another job. So she explains, look, I, I took it out of sheer shock and showed it to a few friends on Snapchat. Now, once she was let go from her job, Leaguer said she posted the picture on her Facebook page and captioned it. People deserve to know what's going on, where their food is being made. Now, Leaguer's Facebook post, by the way, has, let's say, garnered uh, quite a bit of attention, has gotten more than 600 comments and almost 900 shares. Leaguer said that most of the reaction has been basically the same, saying just pure disgust and disbelief that this is even happening. Now, the Howard County Health Department there in Indiana responded to a complaint about the Taco Bell and An inspection was done. So the department spokesperson there did not confirm or deny that the haircut photo was connected to the complaint, but did release a statement. It says, the Howard County Health Department responded to a complaint that was submitted to our office. I sent an inspector to the Taco Bell on West Sycamore Street, and the restaurant was inspected for compliance with the state food code and Howard County ordinance. The complaint was discussed with the management at that time. The inspection report can be released as public information after a 10-day response period. So Graham McKean is a food safety expert there and the director of the public environmental health at Indiana University Bloomington. We don't want hair in the food just from a simple contamination standpoint, obviously, he says. Now, McKean said that the local health departments have to investigate the complaints. He says uh, it's really a high risk for food safety or foodborne illness it's a critical violation and no it's none of that but it's certainly not ideal that creates a potential for contamination so keen says he's going to expect a corrective action plan to be made to fix the violations and he said that fines can become a factor if the issues are not fixed in a timely manner leaguer said that she's frustrated about her firing but actually feels that she did the right thing the health department said the taco bell location has responded to his report and that uh, the response will be released when the report is made public 10 days after the investigation. And Taco Bell's corporate office yet has to respond to any requests for comments about this little hair cutting incident. So if you happen to be eating in a Taco Bell in Kokomo, Indiana, and get a hair in your burrito, Maybe you can trace it back to this particular story on the podcast.
1: I will play Devil's Advocate on this and I can't think of a better place to get your hair cut uh <laughs> you know than a Taco Bell if you're looking to get a mountain hairdo. Oh that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh my! You, you, know, you know how, like, when it's your first time visiting to like a like a sports clips or something, they, they try to treat you with like you know the full like shampoo and everything yeah. for free yeah. or something the first time. Yeah. But, That's it, right. I, I'd like to think that you know you, you also lean your head back and like the 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 dish sanitizer or whatever sink and they like massage in some hot uh, Taco Bell like fire sauce or something. Oh you know? yeah, there um, you go.
0: This is almost as ridiculous, though, as the story that was. I think this was several episodes back, where there was uh, someone videoing a, a guy. This was after hours, I think, at a Wendy's somewhere, taking literally a bath in one of those deep sinks that they have, you know, and filled it full and said and took a bath in the sink there at work, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my! Um, and and to think yeah, that we all- go there to enjoy a lovely dinner with our family sometimes, you know.
1: Right. I, yeah, I know. I I mean, look, I've seen the homeless person try to take a bath in a Del Taco uh, sink, like, <laughs> yeah. like like the hand sink in their bathroom. So uh, I, I guess you could take baths or showers anywhere, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. learning. Um, but I, I guess something that you can't do anywhere uh, is, I guess, what, where, you know, uh, I guess what, like college football paraphernalia. Okay. Uh, you might say it depends on what sports team you're going to see. But when the when the college football paraphernalia is an inflatable penis suit, I think that everywhere is inappropriate for that. <laughs> and what I love about this is uh, the headline refers to this this college football fan as being prematurely ejected. I I think that they could have used a better phrasing um, <laughs> if he was pre- prematurely ejected. Uh, E- ejaculated from the stadium. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that was. Going for.
0: I, I think that's kind of what they were going for. But trust me, when I first saw the headline, that's kind of what I thought. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, which is what makes it hilarious. Uh, the the losers uh, at Sam Houston State threw a fan out of their stadium because he showed up in an inflatable penis costume. And maybe that's why they blew a massive lead and are now. In a zero to eight college football program. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, like, look that, that guy was probably the most excited fan that they had. We could <laughs> tell. Um, <laughs> like, karma always wins though, folks. The, the fan in question was seen being escorted up the stairs and out of the stadium during the second quarter. Uh, I'm assuming that, that he was also, you know, had fuzzy handcuffs on or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, this is uh, around the time when Sam Houston State led UTEP um, by twenty-one to ten. At first, it's a little tough to see what he's wearing, but then both balls start bouncing on each step. Uh. And uh, as he gets going, you quickly realize he's a giant penis. <laughs> and why why that's considered inappropriate a in college football game in twenty twenty three is beyond me. But alas, it is. Yeah. The higher yeah. the higher education system. We'll let lunatics get away with pro-Hamas rallies all day long, but they draw the line at inflatable penises at a college football game. Um, I don't know. Just ridiculous. I I feel like I need to put on my my, uh, my best. Um, what, what is his face? Uh, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Ridiculous. Oh, man. What, like, Gosh, he's like the funniest guy. Um, I can't even think about it. He was an SNL guy from back then. He just oh, passed away from cancer. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. I can't think of his name update. either. We can yes. update. Um I that, uh, look I know the guy's name because I'm a big fan. I can and, see his um, face.
0: I can see his face. Yeah, Justin, yeah, I am I know, I know. It's I'm all playing, on yeah. it. This
1: is gonna bug me. This is gonna really bug me. Look, I I, I got the name, it was killing Norm McDonald.
0: Norm um, McDonald, that's who we're talking about. That's what? ridiculous. That's right. Norm ridiculous. McDonald. I, I, yes. I,
1: I wish I could do a better Norm uh, impression. I, he was well, one of the funniest guys. I think, to yeah, me. you, you um, gotta kind
0: of slur your words yeah. and talk through your nose. you got to have a Norm
1: uh, McDonald. Yeah. You tra- trail <laughs> off on something that seems unrelated. Yeah. You, you bring it back for a stupid pun at the end or something. I, uh, well, my yeah. favorite. I think my favorite with him was when he was on The View. Yes. And he kept bringing up. I heard he killed a man. No, no, no. They keep trying to change the topic, and he keeps coming back like, no. But like,
0: didn't
1: he? like kill someone? Though he won't let it go. Oh my god.
0: Um, I remember. I remember whenever he was. Is this even before the Saturday Night Live thing? So it, he he would be guest sometimes as a stand up on David Letterman's uh, late night show, and it would just kill me every time he was on. It would just crack me up. <laughs> I
1: love. Yeah. I mean. Oh, it, uh Well, anyway, I I feel like this whole story needs to be read by him. Uh, if yes. anyone remembers who, we, you can even tell what we're talking about. Then good job. Thank you. You can, show me where it says that you can't wear a penis costume to a Sam Houston game. I'll wait. <laughs> obviously the, the folks on Twitter had a field day with this one some of the comments are pretty corny and didn't really take much thought um, others are actually pretty good it, hilarious I think um, anyway as I said Sam Houston lost because they blew a monster lead and it just happened to take uh, to all take place after the fan and the penis suit got ejected coincidence I hmm. think not yeah Make college football great again. And and if that means allowing low-level staffers to watch games from anywhere in the stadium and fans to wear penis costumes, so be it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I feel the same way. You know, I think every college should have at least one guy there standing in a penis costume, frankly, you know? That would never happen. That would never happen in a Penn State game. I can promise you. So (laughs) so, they they do more things at Penn State games that I question myself over all the time. You know, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, absolutely. Apparently, though, uh, this guy you you can just say he was a walking sex toy. You know what I'm saying? To some degree, Uh, but we've got a story. He's calling him a dick. Well, that's true. That's true. You know, but here's the situation where you have a charity run thrift store over in the UK in the little country of Wales. They've got a problem where they're asking their supporters not to stop wearing penis suits, but to stop donating their used and unused sex toys. Let that sink in for a minute. It's the Bernardo's store in uh, Gorsanan, Swansea, which supports the Bernardo's children's charity, by the way issuing a statement asking donors, please be careful of what you're bringing into the store. They say, could, could those of you who kindly donate, please be mindful that we are a children's charity and ask such that we have a range of ages on our wonderful volunteer team, according to the statement. It goes on to say, we therefore ask you to refrain from donating your used and unused marital aids. We would like to remind you that the branch has closer to TV so that these items can be traced back to their owners. Thank you. Uh, Isn't that the most polite thing you've ever seen in your life? You know, well, (laughs) anyway, there's a representative for the charity store said the saving came after some recent inappropriate donations. Okay. Uh, They uh, were talking to Wales online saying, we are always hugely appreciative of donations from the community. But it's fair to say that these items aren't quite the sort of toys we're looking for. (laughs) So the representative said the store is particularly in need of donations of clothing and children's toys. So uh, we wouldn't want to have any of these marital aids donated to the children's section so the young toddlers could suck on things that they should not be sucking on. Oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I don't expect to go to a goodwill sometime and find you know something like that, but she finds a lot of interesting things though, at Goodwill, apparently even more interesting things at the goodwill stores in Great Britain.
1: I know yeah I well there's, there's something funny like because they always have you you know like drop things off in like the like a back door and so you know you putting your your uh, sex choice through the back door oh, uh-huh. Goodwill. Yes. Um, uh, uh-huh. But I um um yeah no look use extras no one wants that nobody wants that and also you know what are are you not interested in it anymore you know I guess uh, <laughs> yeah I right um, or has it just gotten that much use that it's look uh, um, yeah. you, you you don't you don't even really donate your used underpants right That's, yeah right I thought that, I thought that was like a normal thing um but. <clears throat> I think that you would be willing to, um, you know, be in the market for any kind of sex toy. Um, yeah. Mm. Especially, uh, would you pay three hundred thousand dollars for a used sex toy? I guess we'll say. Ah. Um, oh, or okay. No. Yeah. I, I probably and, wouldn't. Um, No. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, but would well, you pay
0: three hundred thousand dollars for a used organ? That's my question.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is, I think, a more appropriate uh, question of what I'm trying to ask here, um, because this is um, this is while well, I didn't know uh, that you could do this or that this existed, how it still is preserved. I don't, I, I don't understand. But the <laughs> owner of Napoleon Bonaparte's penis. Was was recently so someone owns Napoleon Bonaparte's penis. It's not Napoleon anymore, apparently. Um, So like already, I'm learning things, right? I like to learn new things. I'm learning a lot of things already by this point in in the story for me. My God, this this guy's recently been offered three hundred thousand dollars. For it, um, but it certainly wasn't priced at that because of its size. So, like, is this like a? Do you sell these things by the ounce or by well, or by the inch? Look, it reminds I don't, me of I don't know. It,
0: it reminds me of that very very well well versed uh, axiom: uh, never judge something, uh, never judge a book by its cover. You know, or, or better yet, small th- big things come in small sizes. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, look, i i even wonder like do you do you price these things based on the cuts like a diamond uh, you know, because, or, or, or maybe the snip you know depending yeah. on if, if you're um, yeah but like, the, the penis was previously owned by urologist John Latimer um, which i assume must be like the most prestigious uh urologist ever because like that's just like a, a like a power move to have—I'm assuming it's displayed on his desk. Is, proudly my or question is: Is this um,
0: like a talking point when the guy goes out to like conventions, and you're sitting at this u- urologist convention, and you look over I to? Do. The, uh, the other urologist.
1: Hopefully, hopefully, it's not a pickup line at the bar. Well, no,
0: um, no, absolutely not. But imagine you're, you're at the urologist convention and you lean over to talk to the other urologist at your table, and you just kind of casually say, uh, "You know, I uh, actually own uh, the actual penis of Napoleon Bonaparte." Huh? <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> well, this uh, this urologist, Lon Latimer, he died in 2007, so all of his oddities were left uh to his daughter Evan. Historian and broadcaster Ashley Cowie told Momcrief, the penis of the former French leader is a much desired object. Um as it probably was back then, maybe I don't know. Um she was offered twelve thousand dollars in nineteen seventy eight for the penis, but more recently she's been offered over three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. He said um after Napoleon died in 1815, he was transported to St. Helena Island in the Atlantic, where in 1821, surgeon Francesco Antamarchi uh, allegedly cut off his penis. <laughs> but the penis was actually stolen then by Napoleon's clerk or cleric who did his last rites, Mr. Cowie explained. The cleric had it in for Napoleon. And when he saw the size of Napoleon's member, he couldn't do anything but steal that thing. Mr. Mr. Cowie explained uh, when the surgeon cut off Napoleon's penis, he put it in formaldehyde to preserve it. And here's the thing. When the penis was finally measured, it comes in at just under an inch, (laughs) just over two centimeters. Um, Yeah. We all know Napoleon was, notorious for being very short i guess yeah proportional too it sounds like (laughs) um and maybe this explains a lot in history yeah uh now if you imagine that was placed in formaldehyde within the days um after being uh, just being cut off that suggests the penis measuring just under an inch is almost the same size as it was when it was cut off. (sighs) This is particularly ironic, Mr. Cowie explained, when you consider that Le Petit General wasn't that petite by historical standards. Hmm. The average Frenchman was measured around four foot nine inches at that time, and Napoleon was pushing a good five uh, foot six inches, Oh, uh, he said the reason they called him the small general was because he surrounded himself with enormous bodyguards if we accept that Napoleon was slightly higher than the average Frenchman it means that Becker was particularly tiny <laughs> um, and uh, you could almost say Napoleon's appendage is medically defined today as a micropenis oh. that probably made it easier for the cleric who stole it to smuggle it <laughs> I see
0: I see uh, my question though is see if if it was that small was napoleon a grower or a shower i well i would assume that there's only one
1: I would would have to assume it's definitely not the the latter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you know... And and,
1: and when you say grower-shower, is it a certain percentage? Because, like, even if you were a grower, if it's a certain percentage, you're still not getting much there. Well, I I
0: guess it kind of depends on how well your circulation is.
1: I don't know, man. (laughs) I I don't... I don't. I don't think there's anything that you could do with that
0: one down there. Uh, uh, you know, I. 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 I mean, in in case people are not following what we're dropping. I mean, I, I, You know the difference between a grower and a shower, right? Oh
1: yeah, I, I think we talked about how scientists yeah. determined.
0: Yes. Uh, this. we talked about it in the podcast. That's about what a year I thought. Ago. That's what I thought. Say, so my my feeling is maybe maybe he was just a grower. Say he wasn't much of a shower. That, that, that's 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 my hypothesis on it, because we don't really know what the size was when it was fully extended. Yeah, I, I um,
1: <laughs> you're, we're we're talking a lot more about this than I was hoping we would, <laughs> uh, or, or more so we're Just- talking about other things with this that like i would i, I didn't expect the conversation to get hyper focused
0: yeah well let me this, add, on add, the add,
1: showing part did, did you see the picture of it though oh is there a picture i, I did not yeah
0: all right, that, all right. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think there is a an actual picture if you were to google it there there is an actual picture of the um Preserved member. Um, oh, so.
1: I see it there. I, I'm looking at it now. That is uh, that is very odd. And, and so, I mean, it's hard to tell scale. Uh, yeah, right here. It is.
0: It, So <laughs> maybe if you had it compared with others of like types
1: of like, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: goodness, man!
0: <laughs> so three hundred thousand dollars for what, a uh, 150-year-old penis. That's, uh, pr- that's a pretty impressive gift for somebody, you know? Oh, no, yeah. You know? And I think it's uh, funny that the daughter ended up inheriting it from the urologist. I was like, Dad, what am I going to do with this? Absolutely. I, may-
1: maybe I can make a bid on this uh, so I can <laughs> give this a, a gift to my wife.
0: There you go. Uh, or, like, uh, happy
1: anniversary, honey. Right, I brought you... Napoleon's uh, so, one inch, one inch penis. See what uh, you
0: what you could do. This is a work of art. You could purchase it, have it framed, and hang it in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: I would, actually, I would appreciate that. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> Except for the fact that Mrs. Poncho would kick me out of the house before that would happen.
0: <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, so definitely, uh, if you want to buy something really extravagant for somebody, I do not recommend paying $300,000 for Napoleon Bonaparte's penis and give to somebody. It's probably not a good idea. But uh, we do have some Ask Poncho questions here. And uh, oddly enough, uh, we have one of these questions uh, uh, pertaining to getting expensive gifts for birthdays And um, fortunately it's not involving any type of a, uh, a phallic um, type of a uh, toy of any kind uh, But we, we got this, this, uh, this uh, person writing uh, and, and is writing Dear Poncho, I'm getting blowback <clears throat> from some parents Because of the invitation I sent out for my five-year-old's birthday party I requested each attendee bring a gift with a value of at least 50 bucks. Now, some of the mothers thought I was kidding, but I'm not. I I don't think there's anything wrong with requesting an expensive gift. I mean, cheap ones get discarded, broken, or donated. Asking for an expensive gift for my son ensures that this doesn't happen. So is my thinking on this wrong?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, I... I, I, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's wrong uh, for sure. That's, not not everybody could do that, you know. Like like some people have big families with lots of kids, and you'll 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 probably be like, "Well, that's their problem for having that many kids." Um, even though the kids are a joy and a wonder. Um, yeah, look, not everybody has that the the privilege it sounds like, that you have, and and when you have a lot of friends, if you have to do fifty dollars for every single kid. That adds up a lot too. Uh, there is a very simple way to get around that, and that is by offering gift suggestions. Uh, you know, you make like like bridal shower or like wedding. Um, you know, like uh,
0: what? Um, like, like like a gifts. yeah, uh, the, like the like uh, like the, the the wedding gifts. You can you know I forget what they call them. You know, like the online gifts. You know, they make like a, a, registry. a registry, a registry, like, like, like a yeah, Target um, or something, right?
1: you know, and you could do, you do the same thing for baby showers so like, you can make a little registry and you could put some gifts that are varying amounts and it just gives them ideas. So then you could pick out some things that are quality or not. Um, and then it lets people, you know, but like, you just got to be thankful for the gifts period. Like it's about being thankful. They don't have to give you gifts. They don't have to come to the party either. If you don't want, um, I see that. I would think that this is very pretentious. I'm sorry, but yeah, this is, uh, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, that is a bit expensive. Then again, like, you know, in two more years, $50 will buy you like half of what it does now. So, I don't yeah, know. but um, well,
0: you just had a birthday party for, you know, your your poncho number one. Uh, can you imagine business poncho asking people to bring $50 gifts for a birthday party?
1: Oh, my gosh. Especially if we had like, you know, three or four kids uh, at yeah. that point. Every time it's a birthday party, $50 each, please. Like like it. it I don't know. It almost feels like extortion. Like, I, even if I found a gift that I thought was perfect, then I might uh-huh. think, you know what? I really love these guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them this thing. It'll be nice. What? Well, but what are you getting? But if you if you demand it, I'm gonna all of a sudden be like, no. Yeah. Well, are you kidding? Like, uh, it's it, it would change the whole. It would steal the joy.
0: Of well, yeah. It. And but my question is, what are you getting for a five year old that's worth fifty bucks? Well, yeah, I mean that too. Um, yeah, so uh,
1: yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I wouldn't be coming to your birthday party uh, if that was on the invitation. Um, or, you know what? I'm going to be like, we're going to get them, uh, you know, we're going to spend whatever we normally would on a gift, anyways, and come anyways, because who cares if they want that? If they're going to yeah. be upset by that, then, uh, you know what? That's on you. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that. That's wild. Like this, this person's absolutely wrong. Um, well, okay. I've got one more here and, and I like the title of this one. This is, I think it'll be good. Uh, at least we come on the edge of my seat. What, what's coming So <laughs> help. My newly met husband humiliated me during our wedding vows. Oh. Um, like, like before we even start here, um, you willingly said I do after the vows, I'm assuming. So <clears throat> going to be you know like you agreed to whatever like I'll, I'll get into this we'll see um all right so they say i am the most unhappy newlywed my husband embarrassed me during our vows we wrote custom ones he pulled out a piece of paper and started reading hits everyone started laughing i had no idea why until i saw that he had written help me on the back of his paper <laughs> He completely embarrassed me and ruined the moment. <laughs> it looks even worse on our wedding video. <laughs> okay. I'm immediately I, I think this is hilarious. I'm sorry, but um this is funny. Um I guess in this case you wouldn't have known until later. Um Huh, well look at that. Um it so yeah, we've been back from our honeymoon for a week and I'm no longer in love with him. I know it sounds silly, but he ruined the moment and gut punched me am i being overly sensitive my best friend says if i'm not happy i should ask for an annulment will i get over these feelings what would you do if you were me well if i was you uh, i would think you know what it's too late you've already agreed to something you don't just give up on something because like i if i'm getting married i intend to stay married yeah uh, for better or worse, and things can get a lot worse than this. So, that's not, you don't take that as something that's like, you know, bad or awful, but like, this is a pretty silly thing. Like, he's, I, I'm sure, is your husband a jokester? Has he always joked around like this and stuff? Yeah. If that's the case, and you knew what you were getting when you're getting with your married, I joke around my way. I, I want, like, I want, I, I say jokes with her that I probably should not be allowed to say because, like, any other guy would get in trouble. Um, oh my God! Mrs. Poncho laughs at it because she trusts me and she knows, like, she knows I don't actually think that it's ridiculous. She laughs; she gets a big kick out of it. Now, I will say, I don't think that she would appreciate uh, this. You know, um, she would definitely. She might be a little mad. I think if I did that, as it,
0: it, it is funny though. I don't know. She might laugh as well. Um, I, I was gonna like say, now, would now, but would Mrs. Poncho have a sense of humor? Or would she literally be mortified? <laughs>
1: It, it is, this is hard to tell because you do get wedding pictures from this and um but also if she saw that she'd be like, it sounds like him. Like yeah, it, it sounds like this is like this is how he is. He likes well, to joke and laugh. Look, and I mean the thing is too, knows that he likes to joke and laugh. So like anybody there would know that it's ridiculous right. and hilarious. I mean, the funny thing and is I mean,
0: you can always retake a wedding picture as well, you know. I mean recreate it, but still yeah. I just think that's oh, yeah, just yeah. Beautiful. I, of course, my I, wife I
1: do think it's funny. <clears throat> I did quickly get the chance to read the, uh, ask poncho to Mrs. Poncho. And ah. uh, she thought it was funny. She thought it was funny. And she said, if you did that, I wouldn't have been happy because pictures, but <laughs> yeah. I would have, but I would have laughed. And, uh, cause it is funny. She's like, I would have laughed and I would have known that everyone else at our wedding, Knows you well enough to know that that's like just something that you would totally do for fun and ridiculous. So I might've been able to get away with that. Wow. Relatively unscathed. I think.
0: Yeah. and the the key. I I picked a winner. The key was pictures of course, but you can always retake the picture. See?
1: Oh yeah. Well, you're not going to retake it up in the, I guess he could. And you don't realize with all the audience, but yeah, no, it is. Um, (laughs) Well, you'll have other pictures there, too, though. You'll have other pictures without the wedding bounds pulled out. Um, true. True. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think that I, I'm, I, maybe I, I missed out on a good opportunity.
0: <laughs> That's true. Well, if I, if I had done that, I can promise you there would be a lawyer. If there was be a lawyer in the church at that time, she would immediately found the lawyer and file for divorce at that moment before we left the church.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. It, it is funny. I, I'm kind of on the side of your husband on this one. Um, if you don't longer love them because of that, like I, I kind of wonder what was tying everything together to begin with. Um, but again, like, I don't know, like if you felt humiliated, I don't think that you're humiliated. I think everyone sees that as just a funny joke and they leave it at that. Um, oh. like it is what it is. Um, oh my. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's tough. It's because like, everyone's different, right? Like, well, it,
0: yeah, and, and, and you know, with jokes, you have, you have to know your audience too. And the if you thing know about that, it is, would
1: not appreciate that. Then,
0: well, yeah. the thing about it is, if you can laugh it off, wouldn't you appear to be the bigger person
1: anyway? Oh yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, yeah, the more you laugh it off, and he's like, oh man, that's that's Jim or whatever, you know. Whatever <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone else would agree with you, and they'd be like, oh yeah, that absolutely is, and then they'd probably laugh like, man, if that was me. Oh, I oh, would no. have been hot. And if you look cool headed and collected about it, it makes you look, yeah. look like the better
0: person for sure. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. I mean, she could have really turned the tables on this sort of yeah, thing and yeah. rallied the church against her <laughs> newlywed husband. He would have been the I one would
1: say, if you're concerned that like your husband doesn't like you or love you, uh, well he did this and still said I do afterwards. I think it's obvious that he loves you and wants well, to be there. The funny uh, thing about it is a yeah, that's, that's
0: my, my dad was always pulling stuff on my mother all yeah. the time, you know, and it was a, really a sign of his affection. But, you know, if she had a really thin you know, sense of humor, you could also look at it as just being downright abusive, you know. So right, it, yeah. of, it really depends on your on on the take on, on kind of how you look at life, I guess. You know, I don't know.
1: You've got to know your audience when you do things like that, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, well, I know our audience loves playing our insane games and they love playing against you. And uh, do you think you are uh, capable of going up against everyone listening to see how well you're going to do this week? Yeah,
1: I I'm curious to see like what other people answer every time. Um when like, you yeah, I- play these dum, dum, da, dum, dum.
0: Help spread the stupidity. Share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Give it a five-star rating because this is five-star stupidity. Rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity. You can eliminate the buffering when you stream the podcast on poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode to your podcast player. Podcast Addict is the app that I recommend for optimum performance. It's free with two types of paid versions too. In addition to this episode, there's always the other episode in this feed, the midweek bonus episode featuring the Insane Week in Review and the Genius Awards for the Stupendous Stupidity. Of course, every week after both of the episodes are published, I also will post the articles that were used on both of the episodes, and you can read all of them on Telegram Messenger when you join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. You can comment about them and share them with your friends, You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast, too. Preview the channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me-insaneericlane. That's t.me slash E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's free and available in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple platforms. And follow me on social media using the handle at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter or visit insaneericlane.com. We encourage people to play from home as well. You know, I know your mom and dad does. I know they actually play a lot with this, you know, so, but, but, well, well, we, we've got some really good ones this week as always. And uh, do you have a preference on which particular game you want to start off with? Uh, Feed them to me, however they come off the press. Oh well, all right. Well, since I guess we uh, kind of made such a, a big deal about um, <clears throat> um, Napoleon Bonaparte, I guess maybe we could start with a steakhouse or a gay bar. <clears throat> so, well, we'll kick off you, did with you say Napoleon say But so yeah, Napoleon boner, Bonaparte. That boner, exactly. That's, he's only yeah, got a part
1: of a boner, is I think what yeah. that
0: means. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we've got uh, a couple uh, got. A few businesses here, and I'll read you the name of the business. You tell me if it is a steakhouse or a gay bar. Some of these maybe you may have heard before, but uh, here's one in Ashland, Nebraska, called Round the Bend.
1: Round the Bend. Yeah, if if you're going Round the Bend, um, I think that this is going to be, you might as well, you know, Another name for this, I think, could be called "bend over, over the uh, bend." I don't know. I, I'm going to say it's a gay bar.
0: Round the bend, Dave that you're a big fan of Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> it's actually a steakhouse. That's your your next business here. Is it's called the Ranchers Club in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's the Ranchers Club.
1: Um, well. Unless it's a bunch of gay ranchers, I think it's a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be interesting, actually. Yeah. It is a steakhouse. That would be an interesting, though. That be, it'd be kind of a whole new take on Brokeback Mountain or something. So right. who knows?
1: It's like, it puts a different, uh, I guess, connotation to the word
0: husbandry. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, here's an interesting uh, business. Uh, they're located in phoenix arizona called caramba <laughs> caramba i think caramba is going to be a gay bar <laughs> Ay, caramba. it is a gay uh, bar yes it is all right here's one uh and an in, in, uh, interesting town where it's located too it's uh the name of the business is called Foggies in christmas michigan Foggies. Uh, well,
1: when I think about foggies, I think about Foggy Bottom for some reason. Yeah. Foggy Bottom. I, I my, my intuition tells me this is a gay bar.
0: Your intuition, well, it's not thinking about Christmas, that's for sure, but it's actually a steakhouse in Christmas, oh. Michigan. Yeah. So a little foggy there, I guess. Well, here's one. Uh, and i just think this is hilarious simply because of the name of it and what we've been talking about it's located in new orleans louisiana the name of the business no lie napoleon's itch
1: <laughs> oh man napoleon's itch well um i think it's a gay bar it probably may be inappropriately named if people figure out how much napoleon was actually packing
0: yeah yeah well it turns out it is a gay bar at yeah, yeah. it-
1: Lots lots of, of conquests happening there.
0: Yeah, people are just itching to get in. I'm I'm not sure they're going to have it a, a, a comparison on. Well, <laughs> it, a I think card. the itch
1: happens afterwards. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it came to me. Uh, Foggy's the steakhouse. Uh, yeah, that you know, very. Um, but changing one letter in that word, it yeah. could really change. You could. Uh, you you could.
0: Know, yeah, you can definitely. That's the
1: gay bar thing, too. Yeah.
0: That's true. That's true. You, that's right. Just change it, swap out a vowel, all you need to do. I <laughs> know, no, yeah. You know? Oh, so, all right. Well, let's move on to porn star or weatherman since we're on that topic. We've got some entertainers here. You tell me if they're a porn star or a weatherman. You'll love this one. This particular entertainer's name, Donnie Cox.
1: Donnie Cox. Uh, is it COX? It is COX, correct. All right. Um, you know, this is a tough one because it, it always sounds like it should be something. But but there, there's a lot of, of cucks in the media business. Um, yes. As uh, pun, both intended and unintended. Yes. And, um, I, I get this feeling that it's a radio. Like or someone in media. So I, I think it's a weatherman.
0: I'm going to th- yeah, yeah. throw it out there. And not to mention there is uh, Cox Communications as well. That, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, in this case, Donnie Cox is a weatherman in New Bern, I, North Carolina. I knew it. I knew yes. it. Yes, yes. Well, how about uh, this one, Luca Magnata? Luca Magnata. Okay,
1: this is an interesting one. Um, okay, I, I, it's 50-50. But weathermen, I think, tend to have the most interesting names. And in that, I think this is
0: a weatherman. Luca Magnata is a porn star, believe it or not. Ah, I knew it was <laughs> so, too good to be true. I well, this one may not be so difficult. This entertainer's name, Tate Hanson. <laughs> they might as well call him
1: Tate Hanson <laughs> uh, or Tate Hanson or something. It's a... It's a uh, Definitely
0: a porn star, I think. Well, Tate, by the way, is spelled T-A-Y-T-E. Oh gosh, um, so, that 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 might either lend to it or lend against it, yeah. but it is a porn star, one way or the other. That's it,
1: true. It lends to it. You can't spell Tate without disappointment. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> All right. Here's an entertainer named Chuck Bell.
1: Chuck Bell. Um, well, I've heard about the Bell curve, but in this case, I think that uh, with a name like Chuck, we're probably talking about a weatherman.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so a weatherman. Maybe, maybe Bell Weather. Yeah. Yes. He's a weatherman in Washington, D.C. All right. And your last entertainer is Travis Herzog. Travis Herzog. Um Oh man, this is
1: tough. I you know, I don't know what it is. Uh Her- Herzog doesn't jump out as anything to me. It sounds very normal what screams yeah. Weatherman. But for some reason Travis makes me think ah. of porn star. I don't know why. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in on the on the
0: Travis hunch. I'm gonna say it's a porn star. Yeah, uh, well, you should have thought about Herzog. He's uh, a weatherman in Houston, yeah, Texas. Yeah. I thought <laughs> so, I thought it was much, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was kind of 50-50. So, well, maybe we'll see how you do with strip club or daycare. I've got some businesses here. You tell me if it is actually a strip club or it is a daycare. Your first business in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Magic City. Magic City. Um, well, oh, goodness.
1: Magic City, uh, I think this is going to be a strip club. Oh, my goodness.
0: Surprise, surprise. It is uh, indeed a strip club. Yeah, it's good. Might as that's... well call it Ma- Magic Titty. Yes, that's right. All right. Well, what about this one in Columbia, South Carolina, called Lollipop Lane? Lollipop Lane. Oh, man.
1: Um, there was, there was uh, Stick with this candy theme, it seems like. Yeah. Um, lollipop lane i think that uh I, i'm gonna say it's another strip club
0: no uh, you may not be doing a whole lot of licking in this place it happens to be a uh daycare so <laughs> yeah so well, I, here here's one though that may be tricky it's in atlanta georgia also it's called the Pink Pony. The Pink
1: Pony. There's no way The Pink Pony is anything but a strip club. Oh, really? <laughs> That's absolutely, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I, can, I, I don't see you bringing your son to a daycare named The Pink Pony. That's probably a good point. There. Yeah, it is a strip club. Indeed. The, the
1: only uh, other thing that could sound more strip clubby to me would be like The Pink Poodle or something.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well, or or there might be this in Richmond, Virginia, called Daddy's Rabbits. Daddy's
1: Rabbits. Oh, that's a strip club for sure. Yeah,
0: is <laughs> is Daddy a pimp? Uh, ah, yeah. you. <laughs> I don't know, but it is a strip club. That's right. <laughs> does, does daddy have his pockets turned inside out? Oh, yes. There you go. There you go. Well, here's one that could be a bit confusing. It's called Sunshine Station in Butte, Montana. Yeah, in Montana. Well,
1: I think this is good. I think it sounds pretty safe for a daycare.
0: Oh, yeah. You bring your kids yeah. to the Sunshine Station in Butte, Montana, you may be in for a surprise. <laughs> Actually, Whoa. a strip
1: club. <laughs> really, that <laughs> surprises me. I mean, anytime yes. you talk about sunlight in a strip club, I, yeah. I think that like it doesn't exist. But apparently,
0: there's uh, they do things differently in Butte, uh, Montana.
1: Yeah, no, that actually shocks me. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not.
0: All right, well, let's see how you do with golf course or rehab. We've got some businesses here. They could be a golf course or rehab based upon the name. You can tell me one way or the other. Our first one is in Lewisburg, Kansas, called Gold Bridge. Gold Bridge. Um, Gold Bridge,
1: I'm going to say, is... Um, a golf course.
0: Yeah, it's a bridge over troubled waters, actually. It turns out it's a rehab. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. All right. How about this one? River Marsh in Cambridge, Maryland. I, okay. Well, I've never heard of someone
1: golfing in a marsh. So I'm going to say it's a rehab. If you're in Cambridge,
0: Maryland, though, you are golfing in a marsh. <laughs> it's a golf course. <laughs> Nothing makes sense in this game. That's right. That's right. Well, here's one in Lexington, Kentucky. It's called Griffin Gate. Griffin Gate. Well, that sounds fancy enough to be a golf course. You know what a Griffin is. It's like that Scottish oh, yeah. lion. That's, a, that's why. I, maybe it's a Scottish golf course or something. <laughs> yes, it is a golf course. Indeed. All right. How about one back up in Montana, in Bozeman, Montana, called Bridger Creek. Bridger Creek. Yep. Bridger Creek in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'm gonna say golf course. Ah, uh, yes, golf course it is. So, if that's the case, what about Walker Creek in Montgomery, Alabama? You know what? Uh, let's stick with golf course. <laughs> and if you're in montgomery it's a uh, rehab uh, yeah <laughs> yes. i, I should have I known better I think. yeah it was a little switcheroo there for you so yeah but not too bad we're on that one but uh we always do good on uh fake news or florida so we've got some headlines for you now we'll see is, how well you the, do the
1: headlines might be good like uh you know inspiration for future florida Man
0: game oh events. you got that right absolutely yeah. and and, and, and from your mouth to God's ear, our first headline says <laughs> a Parkland man removed a nine foot alligator from his pool using only his bare hands.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> alligator wrestling. That could be a good, good sport. Um, you know what? I'm going to say Florida. I've heard of of a lot of people doing things like that.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, in Florida, you probably would have alligators in your pool. Exactly. That is a true Florida story. All right. How about a Tampa Bay stripper got charged with aggravated assault after she passed gas on a customer who refused to pay for a lap dance?
1: Okay. I think I've heard this one before. And I'm going to say that it is fake news.
0: Ah, it actually is fake news <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, man, like, That's good, alright, alright, that's good Alright, how about this one A Pinellas Park man got arrested for making love to a stuffed Olaf inside a Target Oh, this is a class, I think about this one more often oh, yeah. than I should
1: um, Last week, whenever we, we talked about the Olaf last week with, That's with right With the stuffed animals, so
0: uh, this is Florida Absolutely. In fact, that was one of our most popular episodes, I would is think. It, uh, is it really? <laughs> I think yeah, we had a yeah, lot of yeah. had a lot it's of, of listeners on that train, episode. Huh? Yeah. yeah, a lot of lot of listeners on that one. All right. Here's one where a Port St. Lucie woman was arrested for shoplifting at Walmart after putting a twelve pack of Coors Light in her five year old's daughter's Barbie backpack.
1: Barbie bag. No, there's no way you're going to get a 12 pack in a child's backpack. I've seen how big those <laughs> things are. This is fake
0: news. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to be, you got to think realistically on some of these things here. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, all right. They're, they're Florida, men They're not magicians.
0: That's true. That's true. All right. In your last one, a security guard was fired after uploading videos of his farts to Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Florida. You know, they need to have a farting contest on those Florida games. I think that would be that would <laughs> yeah. be great. And that was a real Florida story, absolutely. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> definitely we've got a couple of good ideas, frankly. But we got alligator wrestling and, and the Florida man farting contest. I think that would yeah. those are two yeah. games definitely to add to the Florida man games coming.
1: I'm thinking that, like, a, a great idea would be a Florida man magician. Like, oh, yeah. like a magician who does either street magic or just regular stage stuff. But, like, in in the theme of Florida man type things, you know, <laughs> um, I think that, that that would probably sell. That would be unique and stand out among any of the other magicians. I don't know. It would. I, yeah.
0: Well, watch it, him you pull a gator out of his hat?
1: Right. Or, like, a hide meth in, I don't know, a <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> pull, pull, a, pull, pull some myth from behind somebody's ear. That would be great.
1: <laughs> right. the, the audience members immediately arrested for, you know, <laughs> um, like possession or something like that. Um, I don't know. I like there, there's some stories I think that you could create with that. So I, um, and then you see a Florida headline, like you have a, a bit where you take real Florida headlines and you create an act around that, you know, yeah. um, like a magic trick around, Uh, assaulting someone with like a pork chop or something and um, there you go um,
0: have someone stand like what nine feet away from me and you have to throw a pork chop and hit them on the cheek but the pork chop like
1: disappears there's there's things i think there's a lot that could be done with a florida man magician so someone listening might be the next florida man magician i don't know
0: Yeah. Well, the best, the only thing that could be even better in a Florida Man games was to have somebody actually arrested at the Florida Man games. That would be fantastic.
1: In a penis suit.
0: You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You're able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane eric lane. That's t.me slash insane You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the telegram messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop, or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter or visit the website at (laughs) InsaneEricLane.com. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Envision Wise, LLC and Americountry.com. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download your music. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store.